Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. This is the May 8th, 2015 edition of Don't Let It Go Unheard, and this is where we discuss news, politics, and sometimes culture from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy of objectivism. Ayn Rand's philosophy of objectivism is the philosophy that I believe uniquely upholds the right to the pursuit of your own happiness. I'm your host, Amy Peekoff, and I do hope that joining me soon by the phone will be cartoonist Bosch Faustin. It's been a big week for him. He's had a lot of media appearances and the idea of him being able to come and join this podcast uh, is kind of a big one given he's gone on Greta and uh, Dana Loesch and Rebel Media and all kinds of other places. Of course, I guess he uh, kind of excluded himself a little bit by requiring that the cartoon that he drew for the contest in Garland actually be displayed by the media who had him on. If you notice, if you're listening here live on Blog Talk Radio, you will see that as part of the slideshow that you are watching. So welcome everyone. I see a few familiar faces here in the chat room. It's it's good to see everyone. I've had a crazy end of the semester week myself, writing exams and all that kind of stuff as well. We actually have some privacy news that we can talk about later too, not just the Garland thing, but we want to focus today on the issue of free speech and the attack on free speech in Garland, Texas. I, you know, I was thinking earlier that what we had was a, you know, a little bit of a taste of what anarchy or what the anarchists say about competing governments, right? You had on the one hand, in Garland this past Sunday, you had a group of people who decided that drawing Muhammad was a violation of their rights. And they decided that they would go ahead and try to enforce Sharia law by coming there with a show of force against these alleged violators of their rights. Now, of course, they might say that it isn't because of a right violation that you know you blasphemed and you dishonored and this and that and maybe they believe in using force for something less than a violation of rights that's the language that i use i don't think that there's a proper 
use of retaliatory force unless somebody is initiating force is violating your rights. And I certainly disagree with the idea that drawing a cartoon is a violation of rights. But that's their side, right? So the jihadists view, the Sharia law advocates, they think that it's a violation of their rights for somebody to draw Muhammad. And then on the other side, of course, is us here in the United States. In our government, we still believe that there is a right of freedom of expression. And that right of freedom of expression is enshrined in the First Amendment. And that is what AFDI, Pamela Geller, Robert Spencer, Bosch Faustin, it's what they were acting on this past Sunday, that they were expressing, you know, they were expressing their views. They were, you know, showing pieces of art. That's what they were doing. This is something that we believe in the United States that we have the right to do. And what do you have? You've got the one people trying to enforce Sharia law. You have the other trying to protect the rights that we have in the that are enshrined in the Constitution, but rights that we believe in the American culture that human beings are born with. And we had the clash, the clash between the two. Now, luckily, in this case, the good guys won. Um, but I think we got a taste of, of what that's like. And if ISIS is to be believed, there are a number of people in this country who stand ready to try to enforce Sharia. Um, uh, someone in the chat room is noticing that there's a little upgrade in the sound here. Yeah, actually, this is the new Hi-Fi hi Blog Talk Radio studio that we're trying here this evening. And it, it, I'm glad if you think it sounds good. That's excellent if it sounds a lot better. Last time I tried, I think, the, the beta and it, it wasn't working, or maybe it was the alpha. I don't know. Now, this, this is the same exact mic, and this is a better connection provided by Blog Talk Radio, something that they're doing. They're phasing in an upgrade, and they let me go ahead and try it this week, so I'm pretty happy about this. Um, Ed in the chat room says, I don't think jihadists use the term rights unless they are telling us that we don't have any. Right, exactly. Um, and Aristotle's age says the Dark Ages is the best example of anarchy. Oh, that's great. People are liking the new sound. So I will have to give Blog Talk the feedback that you are liking the new sound. Uh, one question I could ask you guys, how do you uh, how do you find the intro music? Did you find that it played okay? Everything sounded good as far as you can tell? Yeah, go ahead and just let me know here in the chat room over at Blog Talk Radio. Um, if you wanna call in and talk about this week's topic, which is, of course, the jihad on free speech. And it's jihad on free speech, you know, the term used loosely, unfortunately, to apply to the media reaction, the media reaction to the whole event this week. So um, selfishness says May Spray sounded great this week. Excellent to hear. Definitely excellent to hear. Um, but yeah, do call in if you want to, 760-888-5817, and tell me, who in the media you found to be inspiring, who to, who you found disappointing. Uh, for me, the highlight is actually Megyn Kelly, although I understand that at Fox News, they have across the board refused to actually show the Muhammad cartoon that they've been talking about all week. But Megyn Kelly has herself been a forceful forceful proponent of free speech and argued on behalf of the importance of the AFDI event in Garland this last Sunday. 
And she had a number of guests. She had Robert Spencer on. She had Professor Eugene Volick on. She had Professor Alan Dershowitz on. And all of them, of course, were eloquent and principled defenders of what went on in Garland last weekend. So this is definitely a Hall of Fame entry. I'm actually curious to see what Bill Maher is going to say about it. I understand he has his show this evening, so we haven't been able to see it. Yeah, Patrice in the in the chat room says, yes, Megan. Megan has been excellent and also debated Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly has been pathetic. And I was really pleased to see that one of the polls, I think he put up a couple different polls, but there was one poll that he put up where he was basically trying to see if people agreed with him that the, you know, Garland, oh, they shouldn't have done that. There are much better ways to prove the point, et cetera, et cetera. And I last saw, I think it was something like 80% were in favor of what AFDI did this last uh, Sunday in Garland, Texas. So I was really excited to see that he is getting the feedback that he deserves, which is very negative feedback. The other thing that's unfortunate is that Greta, I understand, who had Bosch on sometime during this week. I forget which day he was on, but, you know, she had him on. But then apparently she was not on board at all with what AFDI did this week. And she took O'Reilly's position that what they were doing was really just provocative and offensive. And it wasn't really about free speech at all. Uh, one person that I unfortunately did find disappointing, I have not heard Ted Cruz come out and speak on behalf of the exercise of free speech in Garland. All I saw from him was a status update that went out there basically thanking the Garland PD for, you know, doing a wonderful job. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, she did do a fair interview of Bosch. Greta did do, but actually the, the interview that, that Greta did of Bosch was all about the concretes, right? It was all about how many people were there and then what was the sequence of events and none of it about the point of this, which was why did he enter the contest? Why would anybody do this? What was the thinking behind the cartoon, et cetera? Uh, Ed in the chat room says, let's give three cheers for pistol marks marksmanship. Yeah, apparently it was one person who ended up um, killing the two jihadists and that person obviously did a very excellent job and was well trained. So definitely um, she did. She did. I mean, she did a fair interview of Bosch. She let him speak, but she was not at all really interested in the substance of what was behind the event. Uh, three cheers to Pamela Geller, who has been going into the lion's den in so many situations and battling CNN and everybody else. Um, you know, the the other people who have done an excellent job are Steven Crowder. I don't know if you've seen his video in reaction to all this. Um, Rebel Media, not only did they have Bosch on for a really excellent interview, I think it was probably the most comprehensive interview that he had of any of the ones so far. Um, but they also had Gavin McGinnis go on. And Gavin McGinnis was excellent. Also, Bill Whittle had a good video. I would love to see... Bill Whittle's video. I have not seen Bill Whittle's video. So that's nice that somebody else uh, did a good one too. I would love to see Pat Condell come out here and say something on it. Um, but I mean, I, I saw some great stuff from Dershowitz. Eugene Volick was 
excellent on Megyn Kelly. Not only did he talk about everything that was done was would be protected by the First Amendment, et cetera, but um, he even was sympathetic with the idea of criticizing Islam just basically by the way that he was speaking. He was at least not critical of the idea of, of actually criticizing Islam. So he, he did a really, really nice job. Um, I listened to some of Mark Levin talking about this, and he got really kind of into making a what he thought was a unique point, I guess, about, he says, well, this is really not about the First Amendment. This is about fighting Sharia. And technically, was it an issue of, you know, asserting, quote, First Amendment rights? Were these speakers and cartoonists and Garland at risk of actually having a First Amendment right violation, technically? No. Why? Because the First Amendment protects everybody against censorship from the government, right? From government entities. So no, this was not the government. But at the same time, it is our freedom of speech that is enshrined in the First Amendment. And so a lot of us, we use First Amendment kind of as a shorthand for the concept of the freedom of speech, the, our right to freedom of expression. And so I thought it was just kind of being nitpicky to make a big deal. This has nothing to do with the First Amendment. It's about fighting Sharia. And then when he talks about fighting Sharia, he really quickly, he makes this point of really quickly going into the idea that, um, you know, the the jihadists, the, the they, they kill more Muslims than anybody else. That's what jihadists do, that they kill more Muslims than anyone else. And somehow that's important to him to make sure that he gets that point in there right away. I So to me, I thought I found that's really kind of disappointing. And he doesn't seem to be as passionate a defender of the point behind the event. Um, but I'm 100%, I don't know, did, it, did you guys see Eugene Volk, by the way, on Megan? I really, really recommend going to look at that. One thing that I love that he said is he unequivocally thought that this is a time in history where events like that are necessary in order to make a point. Now, he didn't go further and say what I would say, which is that it shouldn't have to be necessary. We should have a government that is taking care of the problem such that People as private citizens don't feel like they have to go do this. But I loved that Volick uh, made the point that, yes, this particular kind of event at this particular time is the right way to assert our right to our freedom of expression. And yes, it's embodying the First Amendment. And no, it wasn't exactly the First Amendment that was at risk right there, but it would be if the jihadists had their way, right? That's what would be going on. Um, I do have a call here that I'm going to go ahead and grab real quick. Hi, who's this? Hi, Amy, it's Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Thanks for calling in. Sure. Um, well, I um, just wanted to comment on what you were saying about the, the free speech issue. And um, one some of what I have read in the sort of second wave jihad that came from the media after the initial attack, right. uh, some of the things that I read did really suggest to me 
a threat at least coming from the intellectuals, a movement pushing towards a, a real, true threat to the First Amendment. Like, uh, there was some professor who wrote an article in Salon, and they're framing it as hate speech, but she used some really uh, disturbing language, and she, she said something like, um, this had this recent attack in Garland, Texas, has brought up the issue, reignited the question of where the line is between legitimate free speech and hate speech. So you see, she's differentiating that which is protected under the First Amendment. Real. I mean, I mean, you know, this this is this is the crazy thing too, because hate speech is actually protected under our First Amendment as well. Uh, Ed points out here in, here in the chat room, though, he says hate speech is illegal all over Europe. And he says that the intellectuals want to bring this ban here in a bad way. But I mean, you know, here here's the other thing, right? The New York Times had a piece in which they criticize the cartoon and everything else, right? And how horrible and hateful and everything. And then apparently on the same page, like around it, they had one piece basically saying the Catholic Church needs to reform its doctrine about something, right? And then they also have in their newspaper ads for that musical, The Book of Mormon or whatever, which is total blasphemy for the Mormon religion. But that's okay, right? But somehow this event that Pamela Geller puts on it, you know, in Garland, somehow that's wrong. And the scariest thing to me, I mean, there's so many things wrong with the way the media responded, but I, I found it really disturbing that they're they're putting this out there and they're trying to kind of sneak it in, that there's a difference between constitutionally protected speech and this quote-unquote hate speech, which they don't define. But we know that it has something to do with criticizing or offending Muslims. And, right. Um, just kind of trying to, to slip that under the radar. Uh, and so that's disturbing. And then, um, yeah, well, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot that's wrong with it. But just in the context of free speech, that one really jumped out at me. And um, you probably have quite a bit more to say about other aspects of it. As well. Right. Well, you know, you know, speaking of any kind of, you know, quote, hate speech or this or that, uh, did you see that the Southern Poverty Law Center has declared Bosch a single cartoonist, an individual, to be a hate group? Wow. So Bosch has found a way to clone himself and multiply. <laughs> That's right. He is his very own hate group. That's amazing. A group of one. He's an army of one. <laughs> That's where he's in the southern. I call him the southern morally impoverished center. <laughs> Is that what you call them routinely? That's my new name for them that I came up with this week after I kept hearing about them over and over again and how they're, they're the, uh, basically like the uh, papacy of um, designating people or groups or websites as hate groups. And uh, everybody kind of treats it like a some kind of a gospel, and everyone's been citing them. And, and I just they're a really loathsome group. So yeah, that's my new name for them. Great, great. Um, now, uh, 
Aristotle's agent in the chat room is saying that CNN cited this in their first report on the attack. You mean that they had already designated Bosch to be a hate group in their first report on the attack? Yeah. Oh, some people are volunteering to join Bosch's hate group here in the chat room. Uh, oh, yeah. Sign me up. You, you want to sign up as well? Okay, that's great. Um, some other, uh, actually Patrice in the chat room says, can the rest of us loser cartoonists be part of this group too? This is awesome. Excellent. Make it, make it all a, a single unified hate group. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. So, um, did you see O'Reilly this week? No, I didn't. I heard that it was really bad, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he's been pathetic all the way through. Um, he's got the idea that basically they're not really about exercising their rights. You know, somehow they've got some motive that's improper or, you know, um, ba basically that, that, you know, whatever, whatever they're doing, they, I guess they, what they should criticize all religions the same way. Um, because otherwise, you know, it's not fair. It's just only about offending Muslims. That's all it is. Right. So. Um, well, I am, I am hoping that, that Bosch will be able to call in here at some point and, and talk to us as well. Um, anything else, Debbie, did you look at any of the, the news? I mean, the other news that's, I guess, worthwhile, they're trying to distract us right now in the news, right? They have, as the top story is supposed to be the deflated football scandal or something, as if that's more important. Oh. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I was so tired of hearing about that first time around and I was just like really uh, shocked to see it coming back. I mean, I just thought it was so, it's so, who cares, right? It's so unimportant in the grand scheme of things. And so maybe it's like you say, they're trying to distract us because it's just so inconsequential. I don't want to waste one millisecond of my life thinking about it. Right. 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 Um, no, I, I definitely agree. The other, the other news is, of course, oh, I do think I have, um, maybe I have got Bosch on the line, but he didn't hit the little one button. So I'm going to go ahead and try and see if I've got him here. Okay, Debbie? And we'll talk right. uh, in a, it. We'll talk in a bit. If Let me see if I've got him right here. Hi, is this Bosch? No, no, you don't want me. I'm your troll. I'm just listening. Oh, okay. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> at least he's on he's like i'm your troll <laughs> that's great let me see here let me see if this is the one hi is this bosh can you hear me i can hear you i can hear you pretty well good yeah so thank you th th thank you for calling in bosh i didn't even know if we were going to be able to get you this week because so many media requests that you've had etc yeah. um tell people what went on behind your decision to cut out any media that didn't actually display the Muhammad on, cartoon. I was on a phone with uh, uh, NBC Dallas and they were trying to interview me. And then they said, they're going to, I guess, have a little display while they report on it. And I said, well, will you have, will you show my cartoon as you speak about it? Uh, no, probably not. I said, well, then I'm, I'm not going to take part in this. And I started getting increasingly a little pissed off. Because the fact is, this is about free speech, no matter what anyone says, no matter what Mark Levin says or others. This is about free speech. This is about America. It's not about Islam. It's about us and our freedoms. 
and we have to push right. back at this crap. And so I was getting increasingly pissed off, and then I had agreed to do this one talk with, maybe I'll, I'll say a name or not, what do you think? I don't know. I rejected a few uh, outlets. But this one that, that, I had, that I did agree upon, I say, you know what, I just made a decision right now, especially after Greta Van Susteren decided to, at the last second, pull out and not show the cartoon. I said, I've decided to, from here on out, only go on shows to, talk, to discuss this issue if you show my cartoon either on your website on on the screen or whatever and right. they said no we can't do that i said okay well i can't do the show then and then uh, it happened i think one one or two times on cnn twice and they both came back immediately with me on mealy mouth um uh no okay fine i'm not losing anything i want to go there with with uh force them to talk about the important issue not what they want to talk about as in who was in attendance how many people are there all that crap about yeah i mean speech. that that was that was the thing i mean i thought i thought you did uh pretty well on greta considering the fact that she all, she, all all she was asking you was those uh, kind of questions it was really she frustrating did not want me her whole the whole subtext of her interview was i don't want you here my producer did it uh, i guess you're popular right now for this second so therefore i'll i'll suffer through it she was terrible and i didn't care because i just kept going and saying what i wanted to say about the truth, about free speech, about uh, Islam, about uh, my work. And, you know, when I say it's not about Islam, you know what I mean by that. To me, it's about free speech and it's it's being under siege by Muslims, by leftists, by conservatives, by libertarians across the board. And it's very flat out un-American for these Americans to be doing this, quote-unquote Americans, to be doing this. That, that, that's not American. What Bill O'Reilly is doing is un-American. Right, we, right. Have, we have lost sense of that. If this guy pulled this in World War II, you can't insult Germany. I mean, you just can't do that. Imagine that. I mean, he would have been ripped off the air. Definitely. Now he's like, Definitely. you can't insult Islam. It's just, it's, it's repulsive. And he just, he's a real creature. And I have him, I have him in uh, issue uh, one of the infidel in Killian's world. And then I have him in issue three of, uh, of the infidel in Pigman's world. So he's a little more cartoony version in there. But I don't know how much further I can go with him. He's, he's a cartoon of real life. He's a joke. It, it, I mean, it, I, it was, I, you know, Robert Robert Spencer. Repulsive. When I when, when I saw him on the media this week, Robert Spencer was saying that he was not surprised how bad some people in the media have been. Yeah, um, he's, he's, were, he's were you an surprised? Old pro at this, I was. I was. And now he's an old pro at this. He's he's seen the ins and outs for years. He's got television for years. I mean, I'm a I'm a, I'm new at this. I was on, on the Daily Show, uh, what, 2011, um, and that was, you know, and then after that, I was on the flip side last year, and it's the first time I've ever got this kind of media attention, and I really was hoping I can get more radio uh, calls, but that hasn't happened. I got I got a good one today, uh, Sam, uh, I forgot her name, I'm sorry, ah, but it, it was it was it was really good. You can see it on my on my blog. She was great, but I'm talking about Levin. I'm talking about Rush Limbaugh. I'm talking about Hannity. Uh, right. Big guns. I wanted them. I want to challenge them. I want to go on their show and tell them things that they never heard before because they pretend that, they're, that, they're, that they know it all about this, and they don't. They haven't done their homework. Levin still says, you know, Islam and Nazism and all that crap. Rush has probably two or three different misnomers that, that he uses. Uh, there's uh, a desire to not hear what they don't want to hear. And uh, it's their problem. It's bad. But I'm just, uh, I'm, I don't know. It's, um, it's a strange week. It really, really is. And it you know, is. New, 
new media here in the chat room is saying that Michael Savage is actually the worst. Ha- has he been the is worst he? on this? Have you heard? I have heard nothing. I okay. know that he is. I know that he's a guy. Uh, from what I heard in the past, whenever a story to- took hold, he resented it because it was not about him, and it came through so obviously that he resented the person that was popular in the news at that second, like whether it be mm-hmm. Pamela Geller or or, or, or even me that uh, he did not talk about it much. And he said, I, I don't want to talk about it. I imagine he did the same thing here. I'm not sure, but that's what it comes off like. New, new media. New me- yeah, new media who's here in the chat room says that he or she is going to call in, maybe tell us uh, what Savage did. But did sure. you find did you find Levin as disappointing, as, an, as annoying as I did? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? He just... You know, there, there's, uh, I did another interview today. It'll be aired soon somewhere. But um, he, you know, I said this before, those most informed about Islam are the most critical of it. Those least informed are least critical. And those who are least informed always talk about things other than Islam. And right. Because they're idiots about it because they're ignorant. They don't, they, they think it's not important to know. And if you're going to talk about this issue, you better read the Quran. You better study Islam. Because then you'll have something worth talking about. I mean, Crowder was excellent. excellent. Gavin Gavin McGinnis was excellent. excellent. Megan Megan Kelly has been excellent. wonderful. Uh, Hannity Hannity's been decent, but he also gives a forum to these radical imams who basically say that Pamela Geller should be put to death right there on the air. Right? Yeah. It's, and it's, I don't know what the value is of that. I just don't know. We know these guys are scum. We don't have to hear it directly to us. We know them. Don't give him a platform. That's where he's an idiot when it comes to it. I like the fact that he has Islam critics, but then he has anyone. He has Al Sharpton, used to, at least, used to. So right. he'll have anyone on. He has no standards. Zero. And also, he was supposed to have me on and, and it pulled out. So Yeah, he bumped uh, having you on. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. So, so I, I rejected probably three or four shows. Uh, and you know what? I just I set that standard because I want to talk about the important issues. I don't want to talk about what they want to talk about. I want to talk about the important issues, and I want to, I want to force them to do it. And one thing that you know, the, the one thing that was I guess beneficial, if you could say that about this week, was the fact that they were forced, the media was forced to talk about things that they don't want to talk about: Islam and free speech, and how important free speech is, and how evil Islam is. They had to do it. They right. you know they 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 couldn't go around it, and they resent that probably. And, now um, I've I've um I've got another caller here, and I think it could be new media wanting to tell us about Michael Savage. Do you want to hear the worst? Sure. Okay, and let then, me see if I can. We can talk about the event and whatnot if you want or whatever. Oh yeah, of course we want it. We we definitely got to do that. Uh, Ed here in the chat room actually wants to hear a little bit of your recount of the event. So let's yeah, see if we can get. I will. Um, hi, who's this? Yeah, it it is. It's it's new media. Okay, thanks for calling in. So what did you hear from Savage? Um, well, first, be- before I say that, because I'm just kind of coming in on, on everything, sure. um, what is your your position, guys, on on? because I'm, I'm missing that with this whole thing. Can I, what can what I do you mean? On, on the topic. Like, where, where do yeah, you but guys Hold on at? a second. Hold on, you were supposed to call in to talk about Savage. Could you just do that first? I am. Because we have to Yeah, I sure can. I, okay, no problem. I, I was just trying to... Um, Michael Savage uh, supports the lady. 
I can't, and, I'm, and I apologize for not knowing. Oh, her. Pamela Geller. He he does. Yeah, he supports Geller. And okay. He he feels that, uh, you know, where it seems like everyone else is saying that Geller, you know, is putting people in harm's way, knowing that you know that the Muslim people uh, or the jihadists feel the way they feel about drawing a cartoon, right? Um, right. But he he says he says she's a hero for doing that. And, That's excellent. You know, so so yeah, now you so now you know now, now you know where I stand own. now you know where yeah, I stand you, because yeah, I agree. Where you stand, but look, but let me say this. Um, mm-hmm. I, look, I agree. I agree with Savage there. But the reason I say he's the worst is because you do have to look at the other side of that coin. And I know I've heard everybody say, well, it's a slippery slope because next, what's going to happen? Well, you know, then they're not going to like crosses. So now they're going to start killing people over there. I get it. But at the same time, it has to be a happy medium there. And, and, and well, I mean, and um, I'm going to I'm going to disagree with you. And this is very interesting because Eugene Volokh, I don't know how much you know about him. He is a constitutional law scholar, probably the, the most respected First Amendment scholar in the entire country from UCLA. And he was on Megyn Kelly the other night. Um, I happen to know from other you know work that I know of Eugene Volokh that he is a harsh critic of the slippery slope argument. He does not believe in the slippery slope argument, and yet he also thought that this type of event that Pamela Geller had going in Texas and Garland was a very important stand to make on behalf of free speech. Why is it? Because we have people, you know, using in effect the argument from violence to say, you cannot do this. We are going to threaten you. What you know? What they call basically, we'll call it the jihadist veto right now. That they are going to, um, you know, basically just shut you up by violence. And that is something that the American people do not stand for. I mean, as Ayn Rand said, you know, the the Americans' answer to overbearing authority is defiance. That's what we do as Americans. And so, if you have some people trying to impose Sharia law on us, even though it's not by our own government, it's by some, you know, jihadists. The natural reaction of Americans, the American sense of life is to stand up to that and say, no, we will not be cowed. And if that's where they're drawing their line, where they say, no, you're not supposed to draw Muhammad, that's exactly where we're going to go ahead and meet and say, no, that's, that's what's got to be done. So I well, I agree a hundred percent. Now in terms of people putting you know Pamela putting people in in harm's way, right? What did she do? She bought tons of extra security to make sure that any of the people who were just coming there to speak and to look at art or to show art or whatever that those people would be okay. Well, look, look, this is very. This is incredible because I agree too. I agree with you. I'm a I'm a former Marine. I'm a military veteran. And I, okay. I'll be doggone if we're gonna let. First of all, this is America, and we have freedom of speech here in America. So if you don't like it, you go back to your country with that. I get it. But what I'm saying at the same time, no, we're talking about if, if it were anything else, we're talking about their what they depict as their god or their religion. You know. When you start trampling on that, just that, 
I'm not saying anything else. But I mean, but I mean, look at look at all of the trampling. I mean, and this is this has been talked about a million times this week. There is the piss Christ. There is the Book of Mormon musical, right? Everybody's religion is getting trampled on, and then apparently the only religion that you can't trample on is Islam. or done something or committed an act or something not killed anyone but we didn't do anything so shame on us all they're doing is protecting their god and again i'm not for i'm not for anything okay but but when when you when you cross a line there's violence right none of the people at pamela geller's event were doing anything violent and what was the response the reaction was violence everybody has a choice they showed up at the event knowing that what, what the event was about, which was disparaging in their eyes to their, to their Allah or Muhammad, their prophet Muhammad, right? I mean, a now, lot of Christians have been super offended, but they haven't gotten violent. I'm not saying that they should have gotten violent, and I'm not supporting that. What I'm telling you, you keep making the argument that, well, they did it to us. Well, we didn't do anything, and I'm not saying we should have acted. But we didn't say anything. We didn't do anything, and we could have said something. But I mean, we didn't. They're, you they're, know, they're, 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 they shouldn't be acting out violently, but they're saying something. And I, and okay, but let me let me let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to live in the kind of society where blasphemy against any religion is off limits as part of our freedom of expression? No, but listen, we have freedom. Okay, okay, no, no, wait. So, so once, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. So, so once, once you say no to that, then what I'm saying and what Eugene Volokh and what so many other people are saying right now is that if you don't want to live in the kind of society in which blasphemy is off limits as part of freedom of expression as, quote, too offensive, then we need to take a stand and that that's exactly the kind of stand that needed to be taken. We're not saying it's off limits. I'm just saying there's certain things like you can't. But but what I what I'm saying is what I, what I'm saying is if 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 you are saying that we should quote back off or do some kind of compromise or whatever it is, the principle is gone. Either we have the freedom to do it and we are going to exercise that freedom even if it offends people. And in fact, right now, I mean, again, you know, and I want to talk to Bosch about what's the point of his cartoon, but he said it many times in his interviews this week. Why, why does he, why did he do this? He did this only because people were being threatened with violence because of that. And that is unacceptable. If you want to have a free society in which everyone is free to express themselves, including if it's offensive, we need to do it. We can have a free society all day long, and I've fought for this country so that we can have freedom of speech, okay? And I appreciate your service. Listen, listen, give me 30 seconds without interrupting me, okay? Mm -hmm. Listen, I I think that it's very important that we understand, okay, that we – like you can't just you, you you have to have responsibility. Responsibility comes with that freedom of speech. You can't just say uh, whatever you want. Just you can say anything. Y'all fire in the movie theater. Okay, okay. Anything. Now there there's a difference between yelling fire in a movie theater, According which is based. Yes, well, no, of, of yes. course there is. And actually, I'm going to go ahead and put you on uh, mute here for a second. There's there's a difference between. Um, shouting fire in a movie theater because what you're doing first of all you're on somebody else's private property 
and you are saying something that you know will reasonably, by reasonable, self-interested, nonviolent people, cause them to, you know, run out and stampede each other and do whatever in the world. So there is a marked difference between this shouting fire in a crowded theater or any other actual incitement to violence. And, and you know, this is this is something that I talked about earlier this week, and, and then I'll go ahead and give you another, oh, he hung up on me. I was going to give him another 10, 15 seconds or so, but that's fine if he hung up because um, I, I, I tr- truly don't mind it. Um, earlier this week, I, I tweeted out, and I was, you know, actually kind of proud of my little tweet there. You know, Bosch uh, would often read tweets on this show. Do you mind, Bosch, if I try to grab my tweet from... <laughs> earlier in the week but you know what i was saying is Wait, if they am i on the air you are on the air you've been okay. on this air this and no, and, and been, i i, I, I think i think yeah that. you've shown you've shown incredible self-restraint by not yelling at that last caller because I, you I were did, on I did at one point I, I did at one point that's why i was like wait a minute is this can this can i be heard here right because he, he kept going the directions i don't care to go to at all it's boring yeah, I mean, you know, basically this is the kind of debate that has been going on this entire week. And, and this is this yeah, is what I say, right? Show. I want to discuss the events and what happened, me and you. I, I think it's a lot better that way. Yeah. So why don't, why don't you go ahead? Because people definitely want to hear a recounting of the event, at least Ed did. So um, tell well, us. We, we, I mean, look, we were fiendishly plotting to be mass slaughtered. For 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 publicity, mm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. me, Pamela, oh, yeah. Roberts, and we were just fiendishly plotting to be messed. Because when, you know, if if we saw them coming through the door, we would say, "Yes, we got what we wanted." Right? Isn't that what our motives were? Exactly. Daniel exactly. Greenfield wrote this one thing. It made me laugh out loud. I mean, twice. I mean, loud at laugh out loud. Danny Greenfield, the great Daniel Greenfield from the from the Point, the front page of magazine. Here's a little quote from a piece that he wrote. It's called, It Takes a Good Guy with a Gun to Defend Free Speech. He writes, uh, at one point, the actual attempt at mass slaughter was dismissed as the terrorists, quote-unquote, taking the bait from the cartoonist who had been fiendishly plotting to be mass slaughtered by, by them for the publicity. That is hilarious. <laughs> but that is absolutely hilarious. It is uninstalled, but this is what O'Reilly and the other idiots are saying. This is what they're accusing, smearing Pamela Geller for. And the despicable, I mean, oh, uh, uh, Laura Ingram, just disgusting. She had uh, Pamela on. I could not listen for more than a minute or two. So condescending, so rude, so nasty. And also, she cited one thing because Pamela said, I took exception to something you said yesterday. You know, Pamela told uh, Laura Ingram. Laura right. Ingram, hey, look, I've been speaking out against Christians who are being slaughtered. Really? Really, Laura? How about human beings who were slaughtered? How about right. non-Christians who were slaughtered? How about that one? And then she starts yapping away and starts saying things like, uh, yeah, you know, Pamela, you're like, uh, yeah, we're going we're to go speak there. She was trying to say Pamela's going, rah, rah, we're heroes type thing. And that's not Pamela. It's, they're, yeah. they're projecting. Nope. It is so ugly. But no, anyway. She, uh, she, I, I mean, she, she conducted herself very well. She, she sure did. And look, I've been critical of Pamela at times over the years for certain things, especially when it came to intellectual property, Robert, Robert Trusensi's pieces. But look, she kicked ass here. I mean, she did something that needs to be done, that no one is doing. She set this up with Robert and with the others. She organized this. 
No one else. Not, not Michael Savage, not Mark Levin, not Rush Limbaugh, not anyone in the media. Pamela Geller did. And good for right. her. Because right. this is deadly important. In the wake of Charlie Hebdo, where 13 cartoonists are butchered for drawing Muhammad, that is unacceptable. That is intolerable. That is an atrocity. She said, we're going to have to respond. Strong. We can't just do this, you know, like one. No, we're going to have to really get the world involved. A global contest. Uh, have people draw Muhammad who never would have drawn Muhammad. Do right. that. See what happens. Right. Right, make exactly. It, make, make, and I'll show we are the civilized world. We can draw anything. You don't like it? Too bad. Too bad. Good that you don't like it. And as long as you don't act violently, you're going to have to learn to deal with it. And we're going to have to mm. teach it the hard way. Now, just describe the particular cartoon that you drew and what was the thinking behind it. Well, as, I, as, I, as I've been saying, I've been, I've been repeating myself a lot this past week. It's almost embarrassing, but it, it is what it is. I'm talking about the same thing, so I guess that's bound to happen. I've drawn Muhammad for a long time, for years. I think I drew him right after the Danish cartoonist drew him because I was like, okay, good. We're, we can't draw him. Well, therefore, I can draw him, and I will draw him. It was uh, in, in defiance of uh, the Sharia constraints that they want to put on us, in defiance right. of, the, of the idea that we cannot draw Muhammad. So... I did that then, and it seems like every so often another atrocity. I did another one after Charlie Hebdo. I did maybe two, and uh, this one. So I sat down. I wanted to try something different, uh, and I was drawing Muhammad, and I, I think I, I just thought of him. I was, I was looking at his face, and I said, "Wait a minute! How about having him yell at me? You can't draw me with a sword in his hand. He's looking to kill me." And I, you know, peacefully say, "You know, uh, that's why I draw you." Yep. And it's just a simple matter of, uh, you tell me I can't, I will. It's not even childish. It's the point that I have the freedom to. Who the hell are you, you know, to blaspheme Islam? We are blasphemers of Islam by nature. We break Sharia law every single day by nature. This is our right. lives as Americans, as, as a free people. And Bill O'Reilly observes Sharia law to some extent. Laura Ingram observes it to some extent. And the way I see it, they might as well just submit because they are influential people, which is tragic because they have some people that listen to them and say, oh, okay, and who don't think things through. They have an audience. And I hope they lose their audience. I hope Bill O'Reilly crashes and burns with this because he deserves to. It's disgusting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking, I'm looking forward to hearing what Bill Maher says. Look, I'm hoping we get yeah, some more good stuff. If, yeah. if those two scumbags had their way, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Right. I would likely be dead because I was, I was going to be late for my flight. I probably would have been one of the first ones out there. I want to really get out there and rush. And they were waiting to mow down hundreds. I think it was like 200 something people there. As many right. as they possibly could. That was a goal. You know, and, Bright, uh, Breitbart, Breitbart had excellent live, you know, live stream coverage. And I was able to, you know, watch the event. And then after it was right afterwards and, um, the guy, I can't remember who the host was for Breitbart, but, you know, he's interviewing people and stuff still after the event, talking Tom to people. Trento, Tom Trento. Right. I think that's right. I think that's right. And I remember seeing that he got word, you know, that there had been some shots fired. And then I think I also like saw you in the background of the shot talking yeah. to some other people at the event or something. So. Yeah. I think you were, we're pretty all, oblivious uh, for a while that this yeah, had even happened, and then, right? And then, and then the big guy, the big guy, the um, 
the SWAT team head, the, the leader, says shots have been fired, and we're like, I mean, no matter what, no matter expectations, you're still is a surreal moment. You are here. You are on stage. You are talking about the threat. I, in my speech, in my acceptance speech, I said, the security. Why do you think we need that kind of security? And people started to applaud. I said, the only reason why we're talking about Islam is because it does not mean peace. And that's the whole point. We have security here because we know how Muslims react to this. But that's not why we do what we do. We draw Muhammad because we can. We're being right. told that we can't. That's impossible. You don't tell us what to do. And also here, I mean, the whole context, we are at war. We are at war. We are at war. We are at war. I think Robert said it. Pamela said it. I said it. That's the context. Bill O'Reilly acts as if he's in a vacuum. Yeah, I think sometimes some some of these media figures seem to be a little bit divorced from reality, as far as I can they tell. They absolutely are. They absolutely right. are. Right. I mean, he's now, a flabby I've, guy, you know. Besides, you know, we've, um, is he's not strong at all. We've got we've got Ed here in the chat room, and I think he wants to talk to you. I'm going to go ahead and unmute him. I think is this Ed? This is me. Can you hear me? I can hear yeah. you, Bosch. Can you hear him as well? Great. Hey guys. Yeah, you gave me a real well. scare there last weekend, Bosch. I know. The, uh, I got I got the news report immediately on on Twitter, like shots fired at the event. I knew you were there, and so yeah. scared the hell out of me. Uh, and of course, all the first reports were uh, muddled. Right? Nobody really knew right. what happened. They just, you know. So that's why right. I uh, like mad madly tweeted at you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I did I did want to call in and say. Uh, that I think you're a hero for doing this. And uh, I wanted to contrast with the previous gentleman. We have had uh, tens of thousands of heroic soldiers uh, go over there and kill jihadis, and we've killed a lot of them. And that's heroism in its way. But not one of them, including none of the government, has actually attacked the jihadi ideology. Very few people have done that. And you did that. Right. And that's why you're a hero, just as much as anybody who has dropped a bomb or is going on a patrol or has, uh, you know, been a sniper or anybody else who we lionize is because you are actually identifying properly, unlike our government, the ideology of our enemies. And uh, I thank you from the bottom of my yeah. heart uh, for for doing that, and I really admire you and, and admire what you're doing. I just want to tell you that, um, you know, face-to-face -face sort of. Well, <laughs> I'm really, really moved. I'm really moved that uh, big time. I really, really appreciate that. I don't like being called a hero. I really don't, because the fact is I just want to tell the truth again and again and again as much as I possibly can, and I think we all should. And I, I, I think it's tragic when I'm called that because the fact is we should, this should be a lot more people. It should be more commonplace. And uh, I'm hoping be. to make it that. I'm hoping to make that because I want to get to the day where Islam is peace is a, a joke and a sarcasm and something to be dismissed. I really want to get there. I want to get to the day where a politician says Islam is peace and gets booed off the stage, threatened. Right. Right. That's the day I'm, I'm fighting for. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, nobody buys this line, this bipartisan line that Islam means peace. Um, they don't. You know, no, nobody, I, nobody I talk to in the real world does. But Absolutely not. Everybody in the media, everybody in the government, that's the official uh, 
official line. And, uh, you know, Nazism means peace. Japanese imperialism means peace. Absolutely right. The only person I think is really pretty good on this, um, besides Robert Spencer and Hannah Geller, is, is David Horowitz. And he, he sponsors some of yeah. their uh, oh, yeah. their work, too. Absolutely. Um, no, he's been, and he's he been very a, supportive of my work as well. He wrote a very good book um, about 10 years ago called uh, The Unholy Alliance. Yes, with the left of, and Islam. I read that in 2003, you I believe. A, I'm sorry, go on. Yeah, 2003, 2004. You would think a, a party yeah. or, a, or a group of people, you know, obsessed with, um, you know, homosexual rights and women's rights and, and uh, um, you know, allegedly free speech would have nothing in common with uh, the right. Islamic uh, jihadis. But uh, he goes through and explains basically why. I mean, the fundamental reason is they're both anti-American and so it's an alliance of convenience. Nope. Um, and so when you when you hear somebody on the left defend Islam, obviously it's it's ridiculous. You know that they're you know either yeah. ball face ball face lying or or um, or they're you know so confused by subjectivism um, that they have no idea what they're talking about. It's the people right. on the right, most of whom you've you've dealt with this week, that really tick me off because they they read absolutely. I think they're they're. Their reason is this: It's like, my God, if we let these people criticize Islam as uh, completely yes. irrational and and a death cult, uh, people will see that it has a lot of similarities with all the other religions, which absolutely right. So we so so we can't let them do that. And so absolutely. You know what? Are, you know what? Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry, Ed. Let me let me say one thing. Sorry, you're absolutely right. Absolutely sure. right. Post 9/11, right after 9/11, uh, David Forte, which was uh, Bush's uh, religious advisor, Islam advisor. He told them nothing this mm -hmm. evil could come from religion. Nothing this evil can come from religion, okay? Let's put that out there, you know? So basically, Islam means peace meant religion means peace. That's what mm -hmm. it really, really means. And that was to protect religion. Because you're absolutely right. If you go after one religion, then they'll go after ours. That's why Laura Ingram, when she cites the Christians, 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 and that's why she cites, I hate when people come after my, my religion. Really, Laura? How much do you hate it? Because those guys hate it to death. They hate it to murder. How much do you hate it? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So no. anyway, uh, I I uh, I'm gonna let you go. I just want to thank you again, and uh, I do want to talk Ed. about the Avengers. Avengers, one of these. Oh games. yeah. I was, dis Absolutely. I was disappointed in in uh, the movie, and I'm really disappointed in where they're taking uh, Tony Stark's character. But that's not the topic for tonight. So maybe another week I'll call in. We'll talk Avengers. That sounds good. Sounds excellent, Ed. Thank you very much for calling in and, uh, Thanks, and for Ed. staying up late really and everything. Appreciate we appreciate sincerely. it. Great. Thank you. Go ahead and put him back on uh, on mute. So, um, Bosh, I was going to ask you, Chris Matthews was really in the Hall of Shame as well. What was it yeah, that he disgusting. did? You know what? I can't watch. I, I watched maybe 30 seconds. I can't do it. Now, keep in mind, I have him in this one scene in The Infidel 3, and I have him do something, which is, uh, anyway, you, readers will see it, but I think it's perfect, especially with his response to this. And I have O'Reilly in there, I have John Stewart, because it's, they're all reacting to something that happened in, in issue two. It's going to be fun. It's going to be very okay. fun putting put, put the words in our mouths and, you know, just making it perfect. But um, 
I don't know. Uh, just something horrendous. He's just a real despicable rat. And if these people had the kind of rage they have against Pamela, against the jihad, we'd be winning the war. We would be winning the war. If they had that kind of absolute rage right. against the evil guys, then they do at someone good, fighting the good fight. You know, whatever problems anyone has with Pamela Geller, you have to give it to her as an American. She's standing up for all of us. All of us. Yeah, exactly. And and um, I heard that Carly Fiorina was very disappointing on this, although when they did ask her about Pamela Geller, she says, well, you know, what about the jihadists? So but yeah. apparently she was uh, yeah. not not and on the right also, side. Also, Tekuz, where the hell are you? Where are you yeah, Tekuz? I would I would really like to hear something principal from him. I mean, he sat or sat stood on the floor of the Senate and gave a whole hour on the importance of freedom free of speech. speech. And he doesn't have anything to say about this week's event in terms of free speech. And, and, um, I don't think any politician has. I mean, right. they, look, I love the fact that, again, I, lo I love the fact that this issue, they are forced to talk about things they don't want to talk about. They are forced to defend Islam as far as they're, they're concerned, the left and even the right. Uh, they're forced to do it. And then, you know, when they don't have to, then they won't. But that's what's important because these things are, you know, these, the, these days, are de they're defining us, these things. Uh, that's, that was a very American thing to do, what Pamela did. Very American. And to right. oppose it, the extent they have, is very un-American. It's very un-American. Definitely. The big thing thing that everybody was saying was that it was only just about provoking. That's all yeah. it was about, was about provocation. And yeah. this this is really the way I think it, it really you know reveals what's going on here. If you say that Spencer, Pamela Geller, you, that you were just provoking the jihadists, then really what you're doing when you say that is you are revealing your view of yes. what legitimately provokes someone to violence. You're Absolutely saying right. that there is some credence to the view that yep. if you draw this cartoon, then somebody should do something violent to you. Absolutely and right. This is unacceptable. This is unacceptable in a free they society. They have rationalized, they have justified these monsters. The, those two were monsters. They were monsters. They wanted to butcher innocent human beings. And these guys are saying, well, you shouldn't have pissed them off. And some people are calling them clowns. They're butchers. And the only people who died on that were those who wanted to kill and I tweeted that night. I said, uh, they came to kill us and die for it. Justice. Absolute justice. Right, because they, 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 were the, they were the ones who went, they crossed the line from speech to violence. And, and, and that's and, really, and that's really what it's about. In, in a free is, society, I, we have the freedom to express ourselves free from the I, initiation of force. I said something today in the, in the Truth Revolt. Uh, there was a, a, a profile, Truth Revolt, and uh, about uh, they retaliate against our free speech physically. You know, right. They take it as a physical assault on them, as if we shot at them. Right. And, one of and, and, and you know, one of the yeah, I mean, one sorry, of the reasons one, that I one of the most brilliant sorry, one of the most brilliant cartoons post Charlie Hebdo was he drew first. It was mm -hmm. a, a jihadist against the cartoonist. He drew first. Powerful. Go on. Um, you know, I think one of the reasons that the left is so susceptible to sympathy 
with the jihadists on this issue is because they have no clear line in their mind as to when as to when force or you know persuasion ends and force begins so to speak and so you know for example for example the you know the equating of economic power with political power in the left right the left does this all the time uh why do they want to control campaign finance and things like this they think that spending money is somehow forcing people to vote a certain way at the poll and things like this they have no clear distinction between very good point persuading people either via ideas or via the spending of money or via you know spending money in order to convey ideas or any of this the difference between that and actual force they have no principal distinction between it and so for them it's very natural to do this now why is it that you know they wouldn't for example expect christians or mormons to get violent when their religion is blasphemed, um, it, it, just blank out. That's all you get from them is a total blank out. Yep. Also, you know, there's one thing when they say, like, um, uh, what's it called O'Reilly, when he says, you can't insult 1.5 billion. I can insult them. Absolutely, I can. And also, well, they, and, and what all, that 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 makes them appear like they're all offended, yes. right? And not yes. not no, all 1.5 billion or whatever no, are not. offended. Yeah. No, they're not. And now a lot of them, you know, are no doubt clearly some of them are incensed. Some of them are pissed off, and then they're not gonna do anything. But some of them will not mind if someone does something. Like if I'm to be killed, a lot of them won't won't, won't mind. The Western yeah. ones probably would to some extent. Yeah. Now, 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 Bosch. Um, on several interviews this week, you've been—I mean, not several, but on, at least on a couple—I think you've been articulate on this issue of Muslims versus Islam. That. Yeah. People will call you anti-Muslim. Can you yeah. explain what the distinction is for you? Well, yeah. They, well, they want to shut me down as a human being worth uh, any any attention with that. Oh, you're anti-Muslim. I'm against Islam. Islam is evil. I am. Uh, I'm fighting it as honestly as I can with everything that I know about it. Everything I learned. Islam is an ideology. Muslims are human beings. Human beings are flawed. They're good. They're bad. They're devout. They're lax. They're everything i have a cousin a muslim cousin called me up the other day hey are you okay he was concerned why because he knows me because he's an american because he eats pork because he eats bacon because he has a dog because he's american first he's a human being first then he's a quote-unquote muslim so there are a lot of muslims who aren't very muslim and i can't say the fact that they they credit islam for their goodness which is just not true but islam is ideology it is evil it wants muslims to kill non-muslims Muslims are human beings who look at that passage and says, well, I'm, I'm not up to it. You know, Islam cannot make Muslims monsters. It can't. Right. There's still, there's still choice. There is this ideology, and people can decide whether or not they want to adhere to it or if they want to adhere to it, to what extent, to what extent they want to identify it. This is all about human choice. And so here in the United States, we have a culture in which we believe we need to be free to express ideas. You know, the, the chat room is, is quite active here, but earlier... No, no, sorry. Um, no, okay, go ahead. The, the, the American Muslim is very different than the Saudi Arabian Muslim. The French Muslim is very different than the others. So they are, they've been edified. They've been enlightened. 
they will still credit Islam and all that BS, but they are better people. They are superior to their religion. They are superior to their prophet. They are right. better people. Right. You know, right. The, the average ones in the West, the ones who actually came away from there to come to the West. Because there's only 3 million Muslims in America. Think about that also. In a country, 300 plus million, million strong, there's only 3 million. That, that tells you that a lot of Muslims really, really hate the country. So those who would come here don't hate it as much, let's say. Hopefully. <laughs> Although Hopefully. apparently there are, there are some oh, yeah. in our, our midst who apparently do because they are offended by the values. I still don't understand immigrants of any variety who would come to this country yeah. and then at the same time curse the values that actually yeah. unite us. Well, my family did, this, did the same thing. America, too much freedom, America, you know, it was uh, it's, it's pretty ugly. Uh, we have a, an old, uh, a friend here in the in the chat room over at. Uh, you were saying you, you, you were saying something before about the chat room earlier. There's a lot of. Oh yeah, yeah. So so, you know the the issue is w in terms of making a stand for free speech. It's it's really not just limited these days to free speech versus jihad. It is right. free speech versus political correctness versus multiculturalism, yeah. right? Versus all of these things that are trying to get us to bite our tongues in various ways. And if we are going to continue to be able to criticize, you know, those in the media, those who we disagree with, particularly those in government, right? Uh, you know, I, I, one of the, the lines that Pamela Geller always talks about, she says, um, if you want to find out how much freedom of speech you have, find out who you are or are not allowed to criticize. The people I, that you I are not allowed to criticize are the people who control yeah. you and right. um, who are taking away our rights. And we need to preserve this when there is a major incursion, a major threat to the freedom of expression, a stand needs to be taken. And that's simply what was done this week. And I would think the people who are against what was going on are not principal defenders of free speech Absolutely and freedom not. of expression. Again, freedom of expression is the freedom to offend. And there's a lot of stuff out there that is super offensive that I would never say and I wouldn't put it out there and everything else. But Nonetheless, you say yes. They have the right to say it. I mean, this is so old. I feel like it's the it, as trite it's, as anything. It's embarrassing. No, but it's embarrassing that we have to have we have to go back to the basics here. But this is, I think, the nature of freedom. It's always under assault, and it always will be under assault by people in a free country, by by, by outside countries. I mean, it's always going to be under assault, and we always have to fight for it. Especially now. I mean, right now, this is this is a point where you got you got these people siding with savages. Against Pamela Geller, they're sympathizing right. and they will they will lie about it. No, but they are though. They're saying, "Look, you made these guys do that. Stop, right. okay? Just stop." Because now I don't, I don't because I don't want I don't want to talk about it. No, but they're, they're like annoyed that they have to talk about it. And also, there's this thing I think from Savage Elders are, you know, she's stealing their thunder. Pamela is all over. She's well, but 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 remember spotlight. earlier earlier they were saying that Savage actually was defending her. So we're going to have to go back and listen to Savage, okay, and if he actually said, calls did, her a hero, someone, right? Yes, but I did hear someone say that he says she's just too much. She's too extreme. To the 
He's an he's an absolute hack. But you've it, seen it, him. You've it, seen it, him before. He changes his he changes his position Look, on things a lot of times. Left, he's right. He's libertarian. He's he's religious. He's atheist. He's nothing. He's nothing. He's unlistenable. And the best thing about him was when he was really pissed off after an attack, because he was the the truth just you know blew out of him. But when nothing's real is going on, oh, he's so indulgent. He talks about Chinese food and Indian food that got him sick. He's <laughs> a bore. He's a bore, and it sucks because uh, I wasted you know a while listening to him. Now you said you said you you um you got some good laughs from Greenfield this week. Oh, Any yeah. other? Any other highlights for you in terms of media coverage, either that you were involved with or otherwise? Well, not media coverage, but the 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 response, the support I've gotten, overwhelming, over it has overwhelmed me. The donations, the well wishes, the uh, Twitter followers. I doubled my uh, my uh, my Twitter followers. The support on blogs across the blogosphere, putting my cartoon on Twitter as their profile pictures. Um, and I think, and again, I'm being called hero, and I, I'm not dismissing the person who says it at all. I really, really sincerely appreciate it. I love heroes myself. But I'm a cartoonist. I'm telling the truth. We should all tell the truth. And when I'm isolated in that level and be called a hero, I think we are in a really bad way because it tells us that it is so common for people to lie. So common right. for people to not tell the truth. And that means we're in trouble as a culture. Because there could be a few individuals who tell the truth and then everyone else basically just indifferent about it. That's that's dangerous. Yes, yes. And I mean, again, you know, there's thing when you have this issue of integrity, right? Integrity means that you have a unity in your ideas and in the actions yeah. accordingly. Now, right now in our country and our foreign policy for who knows how long has had absolutely no guiding principle, no integrity no. whatsoever. And so now we have individual brave Americans. Pamela Geller was the spearheader of this whole event Completely. where she decided that this event needed to be done at that particular location because of an Islamic group that had within what a couple weeks or something of the Charlie Hebdo yeah. massacre, they yeah. held some sort of respect the prophet or whatever event right at that location. The <sighs> and they kicked out the media. And, and they kicked out the media. Yeah, imagine that. And there was a member oh. there linked with the Muslim Brotherhood with Hamas. Of course there was. Right. Right. So you know, you, I'm sorry, sorry, what the also Sorry. So, so, but no, but my my only point was, if we if we had a proper foreign policy, then she yeah. maybe wouldn't even have to do that. Now, what would a proper foreign policy require? A proper foreign policy would require, of course, getting rid of all the jihadists, right? But also yep. understanding and explaining why you were doing it. And right now, we've got neither in this country. We have Obama. He's killing some jihadists here and there and stuff, and people are doing some of it. But at Just the same time, say, yeah, yeah they're, they're not identifying what the problem is. And they're also saying in other ways that we should go ahead and cave in to the demands of the jihadists and the Sharia that they would like to impose. So Sorry, just one, one observation about Muslims. Um, if you're a Muslim and you're not going to mosque, 
if you're not part of an institution, an Islamic institute, if you're not uh, if you're not blogging about Islam, if you're not involved in any serious way, you're probably a decent Westerner. Probably, even though they can turn themselves. Anyone who's involved in an organized way with Islam, trying to you know push it in any way, they're part of the problem. If you're on your blog and you're promoting Islam, you're part of the problem. If you're at a mosque and you're an imam and you know Islam calls for war, you're part of the problem. All in organized Islam, and that's why that includes Islamic institutions, mosques, Islam, uh, Muslim, Muslim, Muslim countries. When they say that 80% of uh, mosques in America are quote unquote radicalized and run by the Saudis, that's no joke. That is dangerous. And these two scumbags had a mosque. Are they going to that mosque? Are they interrogating that imam? And I mean it. They have to interrogate him. Yeah, there, there, there have been some stories about the mosque, and apparently the imam has lied about the extent to which do. those two were involved in the mosque. They always do. The, the imam always lies. The imam is the guy. He's the button man, in a sense, where he knows he's telling these guys things that will potentially make them act out, especially if, if he can see them a mile, a mile away. They can see live ones a mile away. They know these guys are a little more into it than, than those guys. And they right. know that these words are being listened to a little more carefully. They'll act on him, and he'll pretend, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't know this. When the fact is, if he was reciting from the Quran, yeah, it's usually, that's a, that's a Jews, that's to infidels, and all that crap. It's not all the time in the book, but what I'm saying is, if, if you know, an imam understands Islam, an imam knows now, the deal. For, the, for those people who are listening to you for the first time, Bosh, um, tell them, when it is that you actually even got interested in studying Islam at all, and why? Uh, post 9-11, period. I mean, I was a quote-unquote Muslim, and the kind of Muslim that went to a mosque once, twice a year, when I had to be almost forced to by my dad. My dad said, you want to go? I said, no, you better get, you know, you better get ready. And this is, the, this is the seriousness of how we did it. We went to the Brooklyn Mosque, right? And one of my cousins looks at me, my brother, and says, oh, you, Hitler would have loved you guys, you know, because Hitler was a, was a hero, right? To, to Muslims. Why? Because they killed more Jews than anyone. And we went to the mosque where we're doing the uh, prayers. We watched the Arab imam who's speaking in, in Arabic. We don't understand a word he's saying. Oh, uh, what the whole uh, spiel. And I have cousins farting during the prayer. And I used to hate it, but now I look at it and so said they gave Islam the respect it deserved. But besides that, um, in terms of being raised Muslim, uh, very lax. We didn't eat pork. Um, but we were taught that women were, you know, they were worthwhile in the sense that they can bring in to the world male Muslim heirs. Mm -hmm. uh, they were there for sex to indulge in. And also Jews were considered scumbags because uh, Islam taught. So as I said, we were, we were raised moderate Muslims, but the Jew hatred, the misogyny was immoderate. And that's, keep in mind that that's American Muslims. Right. And so, anyway, post 9 11 is when I said, okay, I have, I have to go back. Because I, in my mid teens, I just phased out of Islam. No heart, it was not a hard break. I just phased out of it. It really had nothing for me. Uh, I was, I guess, bored by it to some extent. It, 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 it had no hold on me. So, so, so uh, your, your preference, your preference, if I understand you correctly, would have been to never talk about Islam again. Ever. Ever, ever, right? Nothing. It was nothing more, more boring. 
And that's why I never set out to be a critic of Islam. I never set out to draw Muhammad. 9-11 happens, they force us into it. Charlie Hebdo happens, they force us into it. Right. This is, it is, you know, people say, oh, it's just reactionary. It's not just reactionary. This is war. In a state of war, you have to respond, especially if you love your life. You have to fight back, and, and as an artist, it's the only way I can do it, for my work. I can speak, I can write, I can draw against this enemy. And um, so, yeah, I, I never studied it until after 9-11 when I felt it was necessary. And then, I, you know, I read the, the Quran twice. I read every book I get my hands on. I realize none of my cousins have read the Quran. My mom, she might still have it. She has a Quran that's in Arabic. She can't read Arabic. Right. You know, it's a joke. But they associate, oh, I'm Muslim, therefore I'm moral. I don't know. I don't know what Islam is, right? But I'm like religious, and it's a, it's perceived to be decent, so therefore I'm, I'm decent. But I have no idea what it is. And when I tried to explain it to them, they you know they resented it post nine eleven. They didn't want to hear it, cousins and family. Um, but yeah, so they're they're pretty modern, in my family, because I'm still alive. <laughs> I guess it's an interesting way to put it. Um... Yeah. So your your sense of humor has uh, returned over the course of the week. I understand because what, yeah. because of because of Greenfield. Oh man, it's just he's just so good. I love reading Daniel Greenfield. I think he's absolutely okay. Fantastic. So so if you if you uh, were going to give kind of the top hits of the week that people should definitely go out and check out, we do have to actually uh, close this show here in a few. But what would you have them do? They go read Greenfield over on. Yeah. Front page yeah, magazine. I mean, always, always read Greenfield. Always read Greenfield. He has uh, his own, like, uh, I guess, semi-blog on the front page magazine called The Point. And then he has, I think, he also has a daily long article in the regular section. He's just, he's brilliant. He's witty. He's, he's, in, he's very smart. I just, I love his stuff. I think it's fantastic. So absolutely read Daniel Greenfield. Uh, he has a blog called the Assaulting the Assaulting Nish as well. Right. Uh, he's he's just great. And also, if you want to see uh, most of my TV appearances, radio appearances, my speech that I gave at the actual event, I mean, you think about it. I made a speech about it within a very short period. Gunshots were fired. You know, it's just it's so surreal. I'm talking about the threats as I speak and the threats outside the door. To right. Kill. Right. And I mean, uh, all the all the speeches at the event were excellent. Uh, Garrett Wilders came and did his speech, I and just, then, right. I was just, I was just so so proud to be there. I really was. I mean, with these people, and just to you know to stand with them. You know, some of the greatest anti-Islam, anti-Jihad fighters on earth. Right, and they were all they were all taking a stand on behalf of free speech that evening. Thank you, Bosch, for joining us here for the show today. Thank and, you. And um, I, I definitely hope that we're going to be able to to do it again. Um, yeah. Who knows how much uh, how much media? And I urge you, of course, like everybody's been saying, uh, stay safe out there. Okay. I will. Okay, you take care, and we will talk to you again next week. Everyone who's been joining okay. me here in the chat room. Take care. Um, everyone who's been joining me here in the chat room, um, thank you for joining us this evening. And I did want to say one last thing. I have some people in here talking about 
Oh, I don't have free speech on a show with free speech because I kick somebody out of the chat room and things like that. Everybody knows that the forum that I have right here is my own private forum on Blog Talk Radio, courtesy of Blog Talk Radio, but this is, you know, a private forum. And so it is not censorship if I do not invite you to speak in my chat room. We all know this. This is part of the principle of freedom of expression. But what the people in Texas were doing, they had rented out a hall. They were there. They were speaking. They were showing artwork. And then if somebody comes in and initiates force from the outside, they are attempting to oppose, you know, impose their own censorship on, uh, you know, on the grounds of Sharia. So it's it's a very, very different uh circumstance everyone thank you for joining us this evening next week i do want to get back to some of my usual topics like privacy we should talk about the election in england which i understand turned out well after all though i guess it was kind of nail biting there for a while Uh, my first shoot from the hip impression on the second circuit ruling is yes that's great that they said that the bulk metadata collection is illegal, but I'm not liking the grounds on which they did it, which is just statutory. So um, we'll talk more about that next week. Everyone, have a great evening. Thank you very much for your support and for being here this evening. Um, Trolls, maybe we'll see you guys next time. And everyone, take care. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.